Coming up this week, off screen, Cara Delevingne and Nat Wolf star in John Green's latest adaptation, Paper Towns. Benicio Del Toro plays Pablo Escobar in Escobar Paradise Lost. Lucasfilm return with their latest animated CG offering, Strange Magic. Jack Whitehall takes the class trip from hell in the Bad Education movie. The Griswolds return with a vacation of their own for 2015. And Blumhouse are back with Sinister 2. All of those to come and more off screen. This is. This is off screen. Off screen. The latest film news and reviews. This is Offscreen, the on-screen radio show. Welcome to Offscreen. I'm Van Connor. My name is Case Allen. So we've got uh, a nice little run this week. We've got mm. Paper Towns, Escobar. Yeah, quite some, quite some, a few films, some interesting yeah. ones. So mixed we, bag. Uh, a bit of a mixed bag. Should mm. we start with Paper Towns then? Let's do Paper Towns, which I've not seen, but you have seen. I am offended by her eyebrows. You're offended by her eyebrows. Cara Delevingne's eyebrows. It's, it's not her eyebrows. The, the, the eyebrows are not the worst thing about Cara Delevingne. Okay. Um, just her, com- her completely sort of docile, half asleep demeanor. That's the most offensive right. thing okay. about Cara Delevingne. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would, I would agree. Okay. So, uh, Paper Towns, which is the latest John Green adaptation, following obviously the, the Fault in Our Stars Fault last Stars. year, which was pretty much everyone's favorite weepy last year. Yeah. Notebook Two K Fourteen, I think I called it back in the, back in the day. <laughs> it, it was a good success. It was, yeah. and uh, so now we have a similar kind of tale. This is more of a John Hughesy type vibe, although it does remind you sort of how John Hughesy uh, Fault in Our Stars kind of was. He is the new John Hughes. John Green is the new John Hughes. Who knew this? Who knew? Who knew? Mm-hmm. Turns out that's the case. Uh, so what we have here is the story of uh, a young young boy played by uh, Nat Wolf who, dis- who discovers that his, uh, his sort of unrequited love from across the street, played by Cara Delevingne, who's Margot, uh, has gone missing. And he and his uh, his two nerdy high school friends set out on the eve of their high school prom to locate Margot and return her, you know, so that he can also profess his love at the same time. We have a clip. Margo, hey. Look, I need to borrow your car. What? Your car. I don't have a car. I mean your mom's car. Mm, I... Also, I need to drive the car because I have nine things I need to do tonight and more than half of them require a getaway driver. What are you, is it committing felonies? Ooh, remind me, is breaking and entering a felony? Yes, what? Well, Margo! okay. Uh, I gotta go, so are you in or out? Why can't you just... Get one of your underlings to help you out, like Jace or Lacey or Becca. They're part of the problem, actually. What problem? There are nine problems. So it's worth pointing out that I'm I'm not particularly enamoured by Miss Miss Delavine. It's it's not really it's not won me over. We'll say there was a lot of hype about her in this. Oh yeah, quite a lot. Well, she's doing so many different film. Well. Just loads of different projects. Not even acting. She's in Suicide Squad, isn't she? She's going to be Enchantress in Suicide Squad. But there's a lot of hype about, oh, she's the next big thing. And then you watch this film and you think, no, no, she's really not. She's just going to be something like we're going to have to put up with. Best case scenario, next Mila Jovovich. That's it. (laughs) Because, you know, model to screen translation. She's going to be in a Luc Besson film. She's just been cast. She has, hasn't she? Well, thanks for ruining the film news this week, guys. So, uh, as I say... Preemptive as always. I mean, this, this obviously, is nowhere near as good or nor as stirring or moving as The Fault in Our Stars and it isn't anywhere near as witty either it tries but uh, but the first half of the film is very it's very likeable but it's very laboured and then you (laughs) and then you get to the second half and it's it's a lot more road trippy it's a lot punchier and it's a lot more character comedy driven and a lot more fun 
And the cast that he's assembled here are they are a great little cast. Mm. Delavine, weirdly, despite being the sort of poster character, is the weakest link in the chain. And then you've got Holston Sage, who plays her be- her sort of best friend who comes along for the journey of, you know, let's find her sort of a journey, who's infinitely better. Now I like Holston Sage, she's a TV actress who starred in Neighbours last year okay. with Zach. She was Zach Efron's yes, girlfriend. Of course, yeah. In the very thankless little role, mm. but she's quite good on TV. Uh, infinitely better in this than Cara Del. Is, <laughs> and more worthy of being a movie star than Cara Delevingne. But you know what? She wasn't a model, so eh, that yeah. seems to be the rule. Um, in terms of the directorial style, it, it obeys the same sort of uh, small town, yet with a little bit of gloss sensibility of The Fault in Our Stars. It has, say, the John Hughes appeal. It's not going to win over, uh, I think, the older crowd the way that The Fault in Our Stars did, because The Fault in Our mm. Stars made it sort of... It transcended age. This is very much a teenage tale. It's a teenage-driven tale. It fuses the sort of comedy with the mystery sort of mystery drama aspects of it quite well. But I don't think the older audience are particularly enamoured. The younger audiences, however, are going to revel in sequences in which characters bond over singing the Pokemon theme, and which is actually a thing that happens. Right. This is actually it's a actually thing. Actually, a thing. Yes, it, it okay. seems. Case, you and I have reached I... a collective age here where we are now we're now expected to fancy the parents. And it's left a sort of Calvin Prickett's age ground. Okay. <laughs> to fancy the like, I, I think I reached, I reached that kind of bracket about a good five years ago. The OC Excuse plays me. entirely differently for us now. So, yeah. <laughs> Just re-watching that, yeah. Oh, I, I do like... I am more like Sandy than Seth. Yeah, you know, that's feel, it, yeah. You, which I'm fine with. When you're more Sandy... That's it. Yeah. The, 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 this it. Paper Towns has, has solidified the idea we are collected, I think, more Sandy we than are Seth sandy than now. Seth. And, and that's a sad time. Paper Towns is... It's enjoyable. It's it's pretty good. Um, doesn't particularly work for I think for the for the much older crowd, mm. for the for the adults, for the for young professionals perhaps. <laughs> but you know what? It's still pretty decent. It's not Fault in Our Stars okay. good, but it works. But it's so decent. Should we do some film news then, Case? Yes, let's do some film news. It's been a fair bit going. Did you hear about the, the tax break thing? This this has been happening the last couple of days. No, no, fill me in. Oh well, you know, we now have a twenty five percent tax incentive for filming movies in the UK now. So really? yeah, I think Marvel okay. may make that return to the UK proper now. Come back to Hollywood, yeah. You know, we had that phase, didn't we? Well, the Marvel movies were getting made in the UK, and now they've started. Empire to... London. Well, they they built another one in Atlanta. They did, didn't they? So... Well, they've now filtered over yeah. there, it seems. And but we we have a tax incentive, and they don't. So you. Were Listen to every damn word I have yeah. to say. Maybe Star Wars has got something to do with that. It's quite possible, isn't it? Uh, right, do you know uh, War Machine? This is the Netflix movie that's coming. Oh, it's yeah, of course. Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. Yeah. Um, she's added some more people, I believe. It has. It's got Will Poulter has joined the cast now as no, well. No, I quite like Will Poulter. I, I don't know if we're going to see him as Pennywise. As Pennywise. I, I don't think that movie is yeah. ever going to happen. It's, just, it's like The Crow, isn't it? It's like The Crow. It, it's it's like Tron 3. It's just a, it's like Serenity 2. It is a mythical <laughs> yeah. project which will never happen. It will materialize. never happen. But yes, Will Poulter has joined War Machine, which is Netflix's movie, which is getting a limited theatrical release, mm. and then he's going straight onto Netflix. Yeah. He's going to see Brad Pitt as a four-star general sent to Afghanistan. It's apparently going to be a dark comedy. Yeah. So this one could be, be quite could interesting. Be interesting. Yeah. Uh, Skull Island. Kong Skull Island. Yeah, that's added to more people as well. Toby Kebbell. I really like Kebbell. this cast. Yeah, now, Toby Kebbell. Toby Kebbell, who of course has some experience in the range of... Evil mm. monkeys, yes. Uh, having played, uh, oh, what was his character? Cobra. He played Cobra, Cobra yeah. in Dawn and in Cobra. Rise and Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Oh no, he, I, no, he wasn't I in Rise. I think it was just Dawn. Just Dawn. Yeah. Cobra is in Rise, but it's not Toby Kebbell 
it's yeah. yeah okay there we are he played Koba in but the he sequel. probably makes him a character he does yeah, yeah. Um, yeah he's, he's joined that now another one I really liked I loved this yesterday was the news that Hugh Jackman is in talks for a big screen adaptation of The Odyssey yeah he's going to play Odysseus, Odysseus in The Odyssey that's good that. do you know what like slap that. the IMAX 3D badge on it to sign me up give me the ticket I'm sold absolutely who's going to make that film who's going to direct it do you know I'm not sure I, I, I should remember that bit let's have a look yeah, we'll let's have, let's have a quick look, yeah. Involved in that one. Because obviously this is sort of post-Troy sort of a movie. Mm. Do you know what I don't get? This is by Lionsgate. Why did Warner Brothers not snap all these things up and just yeah. make a full-on Trojan franchise out of yeah. it? Yeah. And why did that not happen? Well, I, I think because Troy happened and Troy wasn't good. <laughs> oh, Francis Lawrence, by the way. That's who's making... Oh, of course. Yes, yeah, Francis I did Lawrence. know about Hunger Games. Good, yeah. It could work. He can obviously... He's picking up some steam, isn't he? Yeah, he, he is a yeah. bit post hunger games, but uh, I mean, let, let's forgive him for mocking Jay Part One and just move let's on. Wait <laughs> let's wait. wait for number two before we condemn him for Part One. <laughs> yeah. uh, Warner Brothers have picked up another pitch for Dante's Inferno, mm. and is, is this just is this the new Great Gatsby? Because it was an old thing in Hollywood. Yeah. You never pitch the Great Gatsby. Now it seems to be you never pitch Dante's Inferno. It'll get bought, but it'll never get made. I feel how like many... it's like the stand as well. Yes, how many pitches are there for Dante's Inferno now? Hundreds. And there's a video game, which I'm sure that's being adapted mm. as well, and it's just, meh. Oh, uh, th- this was my favourite news of the week. You, you and I were talking about this earlier. Buffalo Bill's house yeah, it's up from for the Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. That's gone up for sale. Have you seen how much it costs as well? No, I've not. $300,000. Yeah, that's pretty reasonable. Full-on piece of cinematic history. I mean, it's more reasonable than the house from, uh, uh, from Home Alone. Much more reasonable. Did you hear this about the, the guy who owns the house from the Goonies has forbidden people from turning up at his property <laughs> to do the truffle shuffle? I didn't hear about that. No, this, this is a story. Is that true? Around, yeah. he, he apparently just goes out and yells at you if you go and do the truffle shuffle. Oh. <laughs> I love it when those like, big, iconic movie houses go up for sale. And, like uh, the Home Alone house. Home Alone, mm. uh, Mrs. Doubtfire house. Tony Stark's house. That went up for sale? Really, did it? Yeah, it did. I, 12 million, if you wondered. Okay, yeah. I, yeah. I was about to say, I dread to think. But it was great to go on the, the Realtors website and get to do the virtual tour mm. of Tony Stark's house. That was kind That's of nice. That's great. Yeah. So I'd see, I would park my car there, and then I would have loads of room left over. Because mm. <laughs> I just it. don't have anywhere near as much stuff. Should we look at uh, Paradise Lost then? Escobar. Escobar. Paradise. So this Escobar. is uh, Benito del Toro taking yeah, on the role of Escobar. Is, uh, good no, casting. It is good casting. Mm. Is it not somewhat kind of annoyingly obvious as well? It's like he played Che Guevara and yeah. now he's... Like, are we going to have any South American characters left who Benito del Toro has not portrayed on screen? That's it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's going to be the Javier Bardem story starring... Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what's going to happen. So uh, this is uh, debut debut from writer director Andrea De Stefano. Uh, stars Josh Hutcherson. I know Josh Hutcherson. Go figure. And uh, and Benicio del Toro. And this is yeah. loosely, and I have to use the word loosely, based on a true story. Mm. Um, Within the context of the film, this is the story of a Canadian surfer, which apparently is an actual concept that exists. There yeah. are Canadian surfers. Uh, <laughs> Go to Colombia. Canadian surfer on holiday in Colombia, okay. um, who meets and begins a romance with the niece of Pablo Escobar. Hmm. Now, rather than doing the same thing and running like a mother, he uh, he does not, and he sticks around and finds himself ingratiated into the Escobar clan, only to find, you know, around the time of, say, the early 90s, when things got a little bit heated for Senor Escobar. Uh, Yeah, he he found himself in the crosshairs himself, and wouldn't you know it, some running and jumping ensued. Uh, Should we cue a clip? Let's cue a clip. Let's cue a clip. Nick, where are you? I need to know where you are, please. Just tell me. Tell me where you are. 
Hey. I need you to tell me something. Are you alone? No. Is my brother okay? And there we are. That, that we are. kind of shows you you do not... It does not pay to be Josh Richardson's relative. And, <laughs> no, uh, even if you're Brady not. Corbett. If you're Brady Corbett. Yeah. Who would have been... You said this... I said this, yeah. It, it would have been much better if Brady Corbett was playing the Josh Richardson character. Yeah, you, you say that because he's a better actor. And yet I say Josh Hutchison's mm. natural... the most backhanded compliment ever. Josh Hutchison's uh, natural dunderheaded blockiness makes him perfect for this role. It's a perfect portrayal because there is an element of gullibility required for the to character. To go along with it. Because uh, you have to be pretty bloody yeah. naive to just go along with that. You, you would, like, it's yeah. one of those things. It's like, really? You just romance Pablo Escobar's mm. and you think all is going to be really. However, like, it happens so damn fast. Because he, he meets this girl. He does. Um, meets they, her, like, a week later. He's, yeah, remember yeah. getting married. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 a, it's a very fast. Time, time passes very, very quickly. And this is all within about 20 minutes at the beginning of the film. Round although, about, yeah. although, actually, there is about 15 minutes for a pre-credits prologue on this one, it was worth saying. Yeah, I mean, it says, like, a few years earlier. <laughs> it does, yeah. <laughs> uh, right, so we, we have to get to the obvious thing, which is that Del Toro is just brilliant. Yeah, just very fantastic. menacing. Very menacing, very, very dark, very insidious. He looms yeah. over he mm. plays it in this brilliantly sort of comic book villain-like way, but in a sort of gritty and grounded sense as well. Yeah. And he, it's one of those sort of performances that just seeps into the film, it just infests mm. the film, so that even when he's not in the scene, you are in Pablo's world. Yeah, he's very likeable, he's very and charming. That's, that's it, you, you get yeah. the sense, because it would take an actor like Del Toro, I think. Yeah. To convey that. The, yeah. the sort of the, the cultural love of Pablo Escobar, why he was a beloved figure mm. in the face of such out and out corruption and yeah. well, menace and evilness, I That's suppose. Well the, the first time that Nick ever sees him, really, well, before he meets him as a person, he sees a giant poster. He, he does, yeah, he does. And him him for like political office. And... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I, I think the performances, though, are the, the real stars of the film. They are Hutchison and uh, Del Toro, and I never thought I'd say Josh Hutchison is one of the best no. things about a film. I've seen ever. Journey 2. No. <laughs> exactly. I mean, and Journey 1. <laughs> any film. Just anything he's ever been in. Yeah. <laughs> hashtag not my Peter. Anyway, um, <laughs> hashtag Peter Bread. Peter anyway, um, right. So, no, Josh Hutchison and Del Toro, they own the films. Their performances are the centre of this film, really, and it does suffer in some ways. There is a wealth of supporting characters who are just completely un- undeveloped mm. as a result. And it feels like the world of the film is somewhat incomplete as a result, which is kind of at odds with the sort of beautiful, beautiful imagery that uh, Andrea de Safano manages to squeeze into this film mm. because he has a, a, just a wondrous love of the South American locale. He, it's a very great looking film. It's isn't a it? wonderful yeah. looking film. It's one of those I don't films. know if it's just down to the location and there's just a great filter used. <laughs> I know, you think, like, yeah. hmm, I can't tell if this is best cinematography material or if you're just really good with filters. Yeah, you just love Instagram. <laughs> do, you, do, you, yeah, that's it. do you just love iPhone filters? Mm. No. Change contrast. But uh, no, I, I liked the film very much. It's not fantastic, um, but it's 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 solidly entertaining enough. It's a little trashier than than you'd expect it to be, though. Yeah. It does have that uh, New York Times bestselling thriller <laughs> sort of vibe yeah. to it, doesn't it? You you feel like you would have bought this on an airport on an airport visit. 
You know, I was, mm. I was on my way to the game. I just I needed something from Smiths, so I picked up this. Get that. I, this was in the three for two offer, and I, I wanted two of the Douglas Adams books and then this. So <laughs> I, I just yeah, I just got this, and I read it on the flight on the way to Tenerife, and it was really good. And uh, it, yeah, it was fine. And then I forgot about it by the time I got home. You don't want to read on the way to going to Colombia, do you? No, you really That's don't. So. <laughs> we should plug our competitions, really. We should. Sure, we've we still got a few carrying on. Oh, we've got, we've, got, we've got a new one starting as well. What is our new one? Oh, I, I, knew, I knew one. You'll love this. This Go is on. for next week's big release, which is Hitman Agent 47. Uh, mm. This is kind of cool. Get, right, you get you get <laughs> you, the T-shirt. You just don't know me anymore. <laughs> I don't know you. Do you, do you shave your head and kill people in your spare time? Have I got a barcode on my neck now? <laughs> Funnily enough, if you enter this competition, you could have a barcode oh, on your neck. Transfers. There is a temporary. Oh, ta- there is a barcode wonderful. temporary tattoo for your neck, or or wherever you'd like it. If your friends want you to be really cool, <laughs> not, not judging. If you'd like it on the inner thigh, big toe, forearm, you want. neck. Forehead, forehead no wherever, yeah, for, yeah. wherever you'd like, and uh, yeah, you, you can. You, you can be your prerogative. We don't. We're not going to judge. <laughs> we're, we're not, not be judging. judging. We're not judging. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so yeah, that's got the, the Hitman set's got a uh, temporary tattoo. It's got the T-shirt with the red tie and the gun holster. Oh, that's quite one. cool actually. Like uh, there's a notebook, and this is what I really like as well. There is this really cool, really slick-looking gadgety USB flash drive that goes right. with it. Oh, right. yeah, that's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. Uh, we've also got the Sinister Two promotion. That's still ongoing mm-hmm. for yeah. the week, I think. Uh, that's got an old school radio in it. It's got uh, a sort of a keychain, uh, sort of eight mini, mini eight millimeter. Oh, it's camera. got a little camera. Yeah, little camera yeah, little, like LED light exactly. camera. And a t-shirt as well. So, as I say, there's loads of competitions. We, we can't keep track of them all. So we tend to have like four or five like going. Week, yeah, we have four or five competitions going at any time. We tend to keep moving for like chances are you're gonna weeks. you're gonna win something. Yeah, win something. Something. Yeah, go on. It's onscreenfilm.com. Uh, go in the competition section. You can't miss it. It's big. It's bold. It says competitions at the top. Mm. And <laughs> just go on onscreenfilm.com. Get entering and your chance to win some swag. 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 The term maybe. Hashtag swag. Hashtag swag. Yeah. Hashtag onscreen swag. There we are. <laughs> We're really coming up with a hashtag. Yeah. Because yeah. we week got, of hashtags. Got your hashtag next week uh, yeah Hashtag. which I'm, I'm going to save for you next week save for next yeah. week so should we do the next review then oh we've got some film news let's first. do some film news some film news first what else have we got this week then oh it's Tom Holland a busy week Tom Holland, Tom Holland yeah. yeah what's the new film that he's just joined uh, Lost City of Z now the cast is coming City together for Zed this one. I'm saying Lost City of Z well this is, is just, am I right in thinking this has got Benedict Cumberbatch in it or did have at one point it Benedict Cumberbatch it did it did because you know Benedict Cumberbatch and film roles yeah. he gets attached for a month it's He's true. popular right now. Well, it's now got Robert Pattinson, Sienna Miller, Charlie Hunnam, and Spider-Man himself, Tom Holland. Mm. I in quite, the quite like that. That's quite yeah. cool, yeah. Uh, Chris Yost, uh, Christopher Yost, who I know for writing the TV series uh, Justified mm. with Timothy Oliphant, also the star of the first Hitman movie, if you're keeping yeah. tight. Yes, Christopher Yost um, has signed up to write uh, the Masters of the Universe movie. Yeah. Is, it, is it called Masters of the Universe now? I is think it He-Man so, yeah. and or Because it was He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Is he, is he the guy that's doing the rewrites? Or is that a new... Uh, he's, he's doing he's doing the the rewrite, I believe. Okay, yeah. And uh, he's also doing Thor he's Ragnarok. Doing Ragnarok. He's yeah. doing Ragnarok. Can I imagine that for a... For That'll a, be for interesting. That'd be kind of cool, yeah. wouldn't it? So, uh, what else? We got? Oh, we were talking about the uh, the, the Luc Besson film, the Cara Delevingne one. Oh, yeah, kind of Okay, kinda so this, this is called Valerian. Which is a great name for Luc Besson sci-fi. It is, yeah. yeah. So this this has got a hell of a cast coming together on it as well. So this week, this this film signed off. Uh, Clive Owen, Dame DeHaan, and Cara Delevingne. Now, that's, that's an interesting that, start. That's kind of eclectic for a Luc Besson for sci-fi Luke film. Besson. So for a sci-fi film from the man who gave us The Fifth Element. Hmm. And remember what I said about Miller, comparing it to Miller Jovovich? There we are, this, yeah. This exactly. comparison kind of works. Does um, this mean we're going to get her in bandages, do you think? 
Or maybe just no eyebrows. Maybe no eyebrows. <laughs> That's her version of so what I'm saying. I don't has. Has, well, she doesn't have big, bushy caterpillar eyebrows anyway. Well, we say we've got... Uh, it's called Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. Is that the full is, title? That's the full title. The that's City great. of a Thousand Planets. <laughs> and it just looks like this this sort of romping... It's based on a 1967 French graphic novel. Mm. And it just looks Sounds like... very this, pulpy. Yeah, pulpy, ro- yeah. you know, sci-fi romp from the 40s, 50s kind of thing. And it has that you know, uh, Buck Rogers kind of look mm. to it, but with the vivid imagination of Luke Besson. Wow. Apparently there Very are five human cast members and dozens of alien cast members, so... A lot of mocap. A lot of mocap. Get Toby Kevlin. in. Get Toby Kevlin. Yeah. yeah. Alan Tudyk apparently has uh, joined the bandwagon for that, though, so... Oh, and he's, of course, going to be in Rogue Star Wars Rogue One. We've got, well. we've got that to talk about next as well. Yeah. But, See, I'm, t- I'm should, just spoiling we, all the films. You are. You just, you're <laughs> such a spoiler. I know. Should we, should we do bad education and then get on to that? Uh, if we absolutely have to. We absolutely have to. Okay, so this is Jack Whitehall, and he's a teacher, and they go on a trip, and you can talk about it some more if you like. Okay, yeah, yeah, right, so bad education movie, Jack Whitehall plays Alfie Wickers, who is the most inept teacher ever. Have you seen the series? I've seen one episode. It's um, BBC Three, isn't it? Yeah. Right, I, I have seen this. Calvin introduced mm. me to it. I had no okay. interest in it ever before then. But you got to bear in mind, Calvin is like twenty years old. I understand. Yeah, he's a little bit younger. So he's a little bit younger. Yeah. So his his comedic I'm, I'm still yet to meet the dude. You you never yeah. have met him. You both work on the same thing, and yet you never cross paths. I feel like we would get on. I, I yeah. feel like you would, but I also feel like you'd like pat him on the head and call him Junior. But uh, okay, <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be cool with that. I, I, call I him, don't think he would. I call him Sport, and then give him a the little sport. clicky. You okay, that champ? <laughs> yeah. Okay, there, Tiger. <laughs> but uh, no, so he introduced me to this, which is this, uh, and it is for very much a younger generation. It's all bruv and in it kind of comedy, mm. but. Uh, you've got Jack Whitehall as this sort of Etonian schooled upper crust feeble inept teacher and it turns out that this is the role that Jack Whitehall was born to play who knew it so now we have a movie in which he takes his class of token miscreants on the requisite end of school holiday they've taken their GCSEs it's that interim period where they're waiting for their exam results he takes them on one mental classic one mental sort of class trip yeah as it were, only to find they cross paths with an attempt by a militant Cornish organisation to secede from the British government and take down Parliament, or something to that effect. Um, Here's a clip of Jack Whitehall preparing for his trip. If you're worried about your drink getting spiked, use one of these. Ah, very clever. I see. Popping up the chaffer, do you? Board up the tradesman's entrance, keep out any randy corns. Goes on top of a bottle. That makes more sense. Mm. If this trip goes wrong, I won't be there to protect you. Rosie, believe it or not, I am a grown man, and I am perfectly capable of looking after myself. Lunchbox. <gasps> you put in dunkers? Yep. Bye. Okay. Jack Whitehall, ladies and gentlemen. So, Milton Cornish, are these pirates? Are we talking about? <laughs> they're kind of just... like pirates, led by Ian Glenn. Um, I like Ian Glenn. It's Sajora. First of friend all, zone. Ian Glenn, yeah, king, king of the friend king zone. Of friend yeah. zone. <laughs> Ian Glenn, as um, Pasco, his name is, is is absolutely brilliant in this. He's so much fun, but he is that requisite sort of cartoonish villain they put in these movies. Mm. Um, this is a movie which really wants to be the Inbetweeners movie. Um, hmm. I mean, it really wants actually what it really wants to be is Alan Partridge, Alpha Papa, but instead it isn't even as good as the Inbetweeners movie. No. It's better than the second Inbetweeners movie, though. I'll give it that. That's not hard, though, is it? 
No, not really. But, I mean, to be fair, the thing to say with the bad education, because people have been kind of snooty about it, and you think, no, because I think if you are being snooty about it, you're not the target audience anyway. And the target audience are really the kind of people that like the series. Now, I do like the series, but that series, I admit, is not intended for me. I, 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 I you're just, not the demographic. I'm not the demographic. I happen to like it. And as a result, I think the movie is no better nor worse than the series. It is exactly on par with the series. It's not like the in-betweeners where the quality <clears> dipped and then peaked with the first movie and then dropped Drop again with the, the second, second one. This is the through line. This is the, the baseline quality of the series. Um, but there's one slight added spin this time around, which is they've added a few tweaks to the Jack Whitehall character. And they've sort of retooled him ever so slightly into this perfect metatextual representation of the chinless Etonian elite, if you were. Mm. And they actually have him interacting with other members of this chinless Etonian elite. Is that not really come through in the show, then? Uh, didn't really no. come through in the show. He just came through as he's Jack Whitehall. I think it's just playing itself, isn't it? It, it just... comes through like that in, in there. But, I mean, in the movie, he's given a fair bit more character development, as it were. And, and the, the kids are, you know, they're a fun little ensemble, and they've worked together for years anyway. And you've got, you know, you've got the token one in a wheelchair, you've got the token bad boy, you've got uh, the the hormonally rampant girl in the miniskirt, okay. you've got the uh, you've got the girl of oriental descent who's a swat, you've got um, the young gay one. You, you, you could you've pick, got pick your all, archetype. Yeah. Pick your archetype. And That's then fair. you've got Matthew Horn as well, who's the equally inept head teacher, who you know he gets he gets a couple of good laughs in there. It is paint by numbers. Uh, there's there's not really anything on that, but you know what? It's kind of good natured. It's kind of fun. It's exactly as crass and as sort of witty as the series was. And I'd say if you don't like the series, do not even attempt to watch this because you will get nothing out of it. It's just if more you, the same. That's it. If you do like the series, though, do watch it. And if you can explain to me, uh, because we had a bit of an argument in my house about the continuity of it, didn't the bad boy kid leave in the series? If you know, can you tweet us, please? Because we, we don't get the continuity. <clears throat> hashtag, I, where has he gone? Yeah, hashtag, bad boy returns. Um, <laughs> what, where did he... I thought he left the bad school. Bad education, bad boy. Yeah, bad education, bad boy. He's back in the movie. I have no idea why. Um, but I just let it go because I was enjoying the hashtag movie. Hashtag, BBC free money. <laughs> Hashtag beep money, yeah. With the latest film news and reviews, this is Offscreen. And we're back. So shall we, uh, shall we look at Sinister 2 then, Kate? Yes, you were not a fan, were you? Uh, I, I was not a fan at not all. I, like I say, Sinister 2 rhymes with Sinister Poo. Therein lies the review. There you go. Well, that's like Dr. Seuss, wasn't <laughs> yeah. it? Okay, so Sinister 2, which takes place about a year after the events of Sinister 1, which you won't remember because Sinister 1 was released in that year between Insidious 1 and Insidious 2. Yeah. Um, it just kind of happened. Ethan Hawke and a projector and a guy that looked like Nick Cave. Yeah, <laughs> just like a taller Nick Cave. But a bug, bug I think his name. Bughool? Yeah. Bughool, who looks like Nick Cave. So he's he's like their big monster. He's, the, he's their big monster. He's yeah. like a boogeyman type figure. So this time around, say it's like a year or so later, the cop from the first movie has been uh, summarily sacked for you know utterly failing to protect <laughs> the family in the first pretty one. Pretty incompetent. Pretty yeah. incompetent. You killed a family. You are sacked. And uh, yeah, so he's now uh, he's investigating on his own free time. He's a private investigator. He's continuing to investigate the events of the first movie. Happens upon a desperate single mother and her two sons. Single mother being played by Shannon Sossamon. And I know what you're thinking. Yes, Shannon Sossamon is still acting. That is what uh, I was thinking. That, that is scarier than yeah. the idea of a Sinister 2. Um, <laughs> so, uh, of course, uh, she has two young boys. So, what do you think naturally the logical path for this movie is going to be? Do, do you think Bughool may return? 
think it's a do, possibility, do think... otherwise you haven't really got a film. No. Maybe. It's not really do, a do you think evil Nick Cave might try to recruit some new she bad seeds? Return, yeah, I think the kids might go down a bad path. And cue the clip. Some cultures believe that it lived in another realm, reachable only by ritual or sacrifice. And others believe that it, it fed off of the corruption of innocence. But no matter what, there are always three things in common. There's a murdered family, missing children, and some form of iconological totem, or a, a thematic offering, an image, literature, music. Okay, so the murders are captured through art? It's aesthetic observance of violence. So there's your explanation as to Bagul there. That's a bad name for Bagul. Bagul? Bagul? Sounds like a Jungle Book character. It does sound like a Jungle Book character. Does that sound the same Right, so, uh, right, this this is not terribly very good. I mean, this is effectively a rehash of Sinister by way of Children of the Corn, as it were. With, with all its imagery, yeah. I think it owes a big debt to, uh, to Children of the Corn. Uh, James Ransone, uh, say, reprises his role from the first movie. He and Shannon Sassman are quite likable as the adult leads. And as the <laughs> as the younger children leads go, they're, they're a little bit all over the shop. And then you've got the actual plot itself, which doesn't make a whole heap of sense. Yeah. And then you've got uh, Christian, uh, Kieran Foy, not Christian Foy, Kieran Foy, who did Citadel a couple mm. of years ago. Did you ever see Citadel? That's also I love Citadel. Mm. It was just great atmospheric, sort of Irish council estate horror movie. And it was really, really good and really creepy, really atmospheric. And everything he's learnt from that movie, he seems to have now forgotten to churn out this very by the numbers. It's not even by the numbers, it's more like a direct countdown uh, sort of a hobby. Just cherry pick your moments from other, you know, jump scare movies, yeah. lump them all See, in. that's the worst for jump scares, isn't it? Just... Right. And this starts with jump scares. I mean, this, this really opens with jump scares. And you're like, really? You know, just scare me, don't make me. Making me jump is not the same as scaring me. They're two different things. Right. And then you get to the final 15 minutes of this and it, it just feels like nobody involved could be bothered in the slightest. It is so apathetic that you really do question what they were doing the night before shooting finished. Like, was it this madcap scramble to, look, we need to end this. We've got 15 minutes of screen time. Just, um, just put some stuff in front of a camera. Put some stuff. Uh, we, we don't need to explain how he did that. Just do it off screen. And a lot happens off, you know, off screen. Maybe, yeah, maybe you say yeah, Cut to black. And then, okay, this is a... Really? Hmm. And no. And it is, like I say, it is all over the shop. Uh, Ransom and Sossamon are watchable. They're very likable. Uh, the rest of the film isn't. And it's a shame because there are just hmm. these moments in it. You think, okay, there's a shred of potential yeah. in this. It seems from the first film it was a good kind of starting point for like a big franchise a big horror franchise a lot like Purge where the first Purge was a little bit rubbish second one builds on it but yeah seems like a letdown yeah really not quite is it but uh, doesn't doesn't work for me. Doesn't this didn't work for me at all? And I just I, I felt kind of, I felt like my intelligence had been insulted having sat through it all. And by the time it you cuts, felt dumber after I, I actually yeah. felt dumber having watched it. And uh, you say what you will about the Insidious movies, the, the, none of them have ever stooped to this low. I wasn't a fan of the first Insidious movie. I, I gave that quite a harsh time. But actually, it, let me put it this way: this film is so bad in its final fifteen minutes that it makes Rose Byrne's convenient amnesia at the beginning of Insidious. To <laughs> seem logical by comparison, genuinely. Okay. I think that sums it up quite well. I think so too. Should we cleanse our palette then with the with the box of the top ten instead? Let's see the top ten. Okay. Something very exciting has left. Mm. Number ten. Rounding out the top ten, we have uh, the gift. The gift. We say 
Film of two halves. First half, trashy 90s, you know, R-rated adult yeah. suburban thriller. Second, second half, half, bonkers. Brilliantly bonkers. <laughs> what have you done? And nasty and just grisly and mm. horrible. And I loved it. <laughs> I would see it again. <laughs> I would see the second half again. Yeah, just, just, of, just watch about twice. It is. It's one of those yeah. films, you know, if you're on Blu-ray, you, you'd put it on, you'd only start from the second half. <laughs> that kind of a film. Yeah. But uh, Joel Edgerton's a lot of fun in it. Jason Bateman plays against type. And then you've got Rebecca Hall, see. who plays Rebecca Hall. So, yeah. yeah. Number nine. Simon Pegg in, um, in Absolutely Anything. In which he can do absolutely anything, except mm. make you laugh. Yes. Um, yeah, except be Bruce Almighty. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is a real waste of potential. Uh, I mm. expected a lot more from Terry Jones. I expected a lot more from the entire Monty Python cast, from the likes of Robin Williams' final voice role, which is enjoyable but wasted in a film which, frankly, does not deserve it. And Simon Pegg is not a leading man. No. He's the chum. He's the best friend. He is. He's the chum. That he's he's the best friend unless he's got someone like Nick Frost and then... To play him, off of. Yeah. To kind of play off of. Yeah. Number eight. Minions. Still not seeing this. Still, still not. Still not seeing Still it. seeing better films. Still doing other things with my time. The weirdest thing I have with Minions is that I keep walking into toy stores and seeing new merchandise for Minions that didn't exist last week. <laughs> but for, it'll be for merchandise that like, kids would never want or use. I don't know. I want a King Bob toy. King Bob! But uh, I don't know who that is. You I'm don't know who that is. That, that, that's is. fine. Wait until you see. You will see the movie eventually. I'm going to make you watch. When it hits home release, I'm going to make you watch The only way it's going to happen is if we have like a clockwork orange kind of. I get strapped <laughs> to a chair and you my did, eyes are open. You did say you want to learn how to put contact lenses in so this kind of nicely nicely ties in there so uh, but no Minions is an enjoyable family sort of adventure romp starring the Minions what's not to look it is what you think it's (laughs) the Minions the Minions are not awesome (laughs) only for you everyone else likes Minions that's that's fine number seven alright we have uh, Southpaw next Southpaw you got into this one still not got around to it because you want that's the part that you want to I do really want to yeah I mean I finished Sons of Anarchy I really like Jake Jonah Hall, love Kurt Sutter's writing. The sheer volume of crap films. that you watch, and yet, yet you've put off Southpaw. <laughs> uh, yeah, case in point, last night I watched uh, Next, starring Nicolas Cage. I don't know why. There's I don't know why I did that. something wrong with you, man. I know. <laughs> just, Although, I just Nicolas, Cage, Nicolas Cage and Columbo in the same movie, just saying. That's, that's, weird. I, that's, that's good, yeah. yeah. Uh, but Southpaw, it's Rocky Three with uh, Mr. T killing Adrian. Mm. You know, that, that, it's that movie, and it's from the writer of Sons of Anarchy, and it's from the guy that directed Training Day, and it's from the star of, well, End of Watch. So, what's not, it is as good yeah. as you think it's going to be. It's good. And, you know, Rachel McAdams doesn't get enough screen time for my taste, but she's, she's quite enjoyable in it. But... Uh, I do like. I do like as well. Forrest Whitaker as the uh, who, who is the yeah. trainer in, in, in the later Rocky movies. Apollo Creed. Well, the, the later one is called yeah. Duke. Duke. That's it. Yeah. Yes. The one was always like no pain, no Fo- pain. Forrest Whitaker plays Duke. Okay. That, that that's the best way to describe. Because I can't see him playing Mickey at all. <laughs> no but... pain. No pain. No pain. <laughs> so, but no. Nice. Number six. Oh God. <laughs> Fan four stick four. Fan four stick. If you notice how quickly this oh, dropped, wow. number one last week, number six this week. Be that number, is be not number good. nine next week. Hmm. You know what? It's rubbish on every conceivable level. Uh, the first half has a couple of glimmers of potential. The opening, as as you and I pointed out, I really like the opening. Yeah, yeah. I, I like seeing uh, Ben Grimm and Reed Young and coming up with cool ideas in, in the style of Amblin yeah the style of Amblin yeah. it's yeah. like Explorers man but... it is it has that vibe but yeah. unfortunately the film does not live up to it and, no. and and you can see you visibly see it go off the rails and there's a very specific time jump smack in the centre of it that really just kills it dead yeah 
Number five. Trainwreck. We loved this. We loved this. We both yeah. loved this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amy Schumer's a lot of fun. Bill Hader's a lot of fun. Colin Quinn. There's only a couple people I know that don't like it. And, um, Those are humorless yeah. people. Okay. Humorless. <laughs> But no, it was a lot of fun. Um, for a big screen outing for Amy Schumer, I don't think you could ask for a better result. It's a really excellent For a leading vehicle. role for Bill Hader. Yeah, which never happens. Never. Maybe it'll happen more. Maybe. I, that's the thing. I want to watch Skeleton Twins again now that I've seen Trainwreck. Yeah, that's um, uh, on, on Netflix. Now. Is it on Netflix yeah, now? Yeah. Okay, well, that's we it. Sold. it. Sold. Skeleton Twins on Netflix. Mm. Uh, because that's the only way to follow up a film as funny and engaging as Trainwreck. Mm. Number four. Now, this is a bit of a shame. Um, number four, A Man from Uncle. It's quite quite low. It's open. quite low, isn't yeah. it? You you liked it, didn't you? I did. I did enjoy it. Yeah. I don't think it's got the momentum and fun of Kingsman. No, I think it's got a lot of style. I think, but it's got it's more of the sexy cute, style. More sexy style. It's got some good humor. It has yeah. got some good humor. I like the the back and forth banter between Henry Cavill and, and Army Hammer. I think it's a lot of like, excellent chemistry there. Um, your favorite is in there as well. Oh, um, Miss Vikander. Miss Vikander. Yeah. Ex Machina herself. Mm. But uh, do you think she actually? You know when she orders a pizza? Uh, no, it's like, okay, yeah, pizza. Yeah, uh, Alicia Vikander. Uh, yes, the, yeah, the ex Machina actress. Yes, yeah. That's, that's how she's going to be known. Yeah. I think it's such a Aren't you that chick from Ex Machina? <laughs> that's going to be it. We didn't recognise you with hair, and that's, that's how it's going to work now. Yeah, but uh, until she gets fun. cast in some kind of big superhero film. Clearly, must, yes. Must Although we'll never get the Avengers now, the uh, the spy Avengers spy series now because maybe of, she'll yeah. be in Sherlock Three. Maybe that all. Oh, that would work. That would, yeah. that would really work. Yeah. Come on, Guy Ritchie, sort it out. Come on, yeah. Come on, Guy. But uh, no, I say I liked Guy uh, Ritchie's style with this one very much, as you and I said. It's a style that you've now seen evolve. You've seen evolve, yeah. And it works. It works quite well. Absolutely. Number three, Mission Impossible: Rogue Nation. Where is Hunt? <laughs> Where is Hunt? So you decided to. <laughs> I love Alec Baldwin in this movie. He's so much fun. I love most of the. Well, I love all the cast. I think everyone's well. Yeah, well did cast surprise well me. Played, actually, they yeah. played Jeremy Renner for a lot more laughs than I would have expected. Yeah, he gets some. No. I think after yeah. Avengers. Yeah. By the way, because since you're the one who keeps spoiling film news, did you notice that, that Rebecca Ferguson has now gotten that <laughs> yeah. second role? She has. Yes. She's been casting the girl on the train. Yeah. Uh, with Emily Blunt. So yeah, you 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 called it. She I has got her follow up yeah. thriller role. So, you know, see what comes of that. But I, she's would, great I would not be surprised if she was announced for Miss Marvel. You think? Uh, I, I, might, I might put a cheeky tan on. Cheeky, I, I'm going with Ronda Rousey. Just, just, uh, <sighs> I feel like it's too obvious. Nah. And I, I don't like it when people like actively campaign for roles as well. She's not campaigning. Everyone else is campaigning on her behalf. Because she said this, to everyone, I want to be Miss Marvel. Yeah, this ain't Tyrese and Green Lantern. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with being Josh Stewart. <laughs> But uh, no, I say I, uh, I I like Rebecca Ferguson in Mr. Possible. I think she steals the show completely. Hmm. And but it's second time this year. This is like Charlie's in uh, in Mad Max. Absolutely, Mr. Yeah. Theron pulled it off. So why not let Miss Ferguson take a shot? Hmm. Number two, Inside Out. I mean, you pointed this out when we, were t- when we were talking about Strange Magic earlier and how George Lucas thinks it's for twelve-year-old yeah. girls. You said no. Inside Out Inside is a film for twelve-year-old girls. Yeah, that, that is what he said in an interview. He said Star Wars is a film for twelve-year-old boys. Like, 12 year girls can't enjoy Star Wars, which is a stupid thing to even say. That really is. Isn't it? Yeah, I had but, a 12 year old daughter and she said she didn't like Star Wars. Boom, orphanage. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. <laughs> See you later. Uh, yeah, Inside Out is just fantastic. It, it is. It's a lot of fun. I like Amy Poehler and I like Bing Bong. Because we yeah. did Comic Con last week and every time I saw a Bing Bong pop figure, I was like, Bing Bong! Oh, yeah. Uh, Cassie was nearly in tears every time she saw a Bing Bong pop figure. Because, uh, of course, is the voice of Richard Kind, isn't it? From uh, yeah. yeah, from Bugs Life and Gotham. And, yeah, TV's Gotham. Yes, yeah. Mayor and TV's Gotham. And uh, he's got great cast. Phyllis Smith, Lewis Black, who I adore. I feel um, like he, he almost steals it for me. He does. 
does. I wish there was more for Bill Hader to do in the film, though, as as fear. Yeah. Because that you, you feel like there's more mileage to gain out of it. But you know what? Mm. Otherwise, it's a perfectly well-balanced uh, sort of ensemble. I, I do agree with you, but I would love Bill Hader to just be in every Pixar film. I would like him to be like a new Ratzenberger, where he just kind of shows... Because he's in Monsters <laughs> University, and he was going to be in The Good Dinosaur when we changed the cast. So I would Aww. like him to just crop up. Yeah, the trailer for The Good Dinosaur is out, and the trailer alone feels like I'm warming up the tears already. I think for that yeah, one. Yeah, it's just beautiful looking film. Number one. Number one is uh, Pixels. Now, did you get the chance to catch this one? <laughs> but I will, I will watch Pixels at some uh, point. Pixels, is, you know what? Pixels is to... fun. Pixels is fun. And there, I have been surprised, actually, if you go by like you know your Facebook friends, there's a lot of people who have just, just post out there like, oh my God, I actually enjoyed Pixels. Or Pixels yeah, was nowhere near as bad as I expected. And mm. you know what? It isn't. It's a lot more fun than you expect. It's an all-round sort of family fantasy adventure. And it's made by Chris Columbus. What's not to expect from that? I mean, yeah. Adam Sandler dials it down. Josh Gad dials it up. And it turns out <laughs> that's a switch I can live with. Uh, Sean Bean gets one of the most bizarre lines you've heard in a film this year, which, believe me, we were stood outside the cinema after was debating this yeah. line. This, this is a year where Jupiter Ascending has come out as well. Yeah. yeah. It's, that, that's really odd, isn't it? <laughs> a film where he's literally related to bees. <laughs> I know. And this film, his role in this film is frankly more bizarre somehow. Wow. Um, I did, I did though, think that Kevin James as the president was the funniest gag in the film. But Just how, how did that happen? Yeah, it is a, it's yeah. a fun all-round sort of retro gaming fantasy sci-fi romp. Go, take the kids, spring for the IMAX 3D and take them to the arcade to the afterwards. Arcade after. They'll love it. And they won't even want to go on the £1.50, you know, full immersion VR shoot-em-up <laughs> games. They'll just want to play Pac-Man for 10p. And and that's that's, that's fine. Good. That, yeah. that's, a, that's a world I can live with. So what mm. have we got that's new vacation? Should we do vacation? Let's do vacation, yeah. Uh, back to the well. It's, literally um, back to the well, isn't it? Yeah, literally I mean, back to the well, yeah. yeah. I mean, okay, so the basic setup is... It's the plot of National Lampoon's Vacation from 30 years ago. Yeah, even going to the same location. Even going even to, going to, yeah, so you've but, now got the grown-up uh, yeah. son. You've got, mm. Instead of Clark Griswold, you have Rusty Griswold, Rusty Griswold, who was Anthony Michael Hall, but has now grown up to become yeah, Ed Helms. Helms. Even though Anthony Michael is still an actor. And, and, and yeah, kind of looks the same. Really? He's a good-looking guy, Anthony Michael Hall. He's still, yeah, he was, he was in Foxcatcher. He's, he's still got to be in films. In Dark Knight? You know? oh, yeah. He was in The Dead Zone, for God's sake, for like <laughs> six seasons. He's got to be in War Machine. Well, we were just talking about. But no, so Ed Helms is Rusty Griswold, uh, now married with kids of his own, two boys, Kevin and James. Not <laughs> make even about what you will. Yeah, make of that what you will. <laughs> and is Kevin the old? No, James is the older one, who's a little uh, yeah. sensitive one. And you've got one uh, Kevin, who's the young psychopath. I could not get past just every single time uh, Rusty said Kevin, James. I just couldn't stop yeah. thinking about it. And then you've got the wife, who's. Uh, Christina Applegate, yeah. who's basically playing the Jennifer Aniston role this time around. Um, yeah. It feels like that. Yeah, yeah it feels like Weather Mellors, doesn't it? And yeah. with family life a little bit stagnant, Rusty decides to take his family on a vacation to Wally World, where he went with his family as a kid and had the time of his life. But of course, this is the Griswold family, and nothing quite goes according to plan. And cue wacky hijinks <laughs> and this clip, which will nicely set it up for you. Guys, come on. My trip to Wally World when I was a kid was the best time I ever had. So you just want to redo your vacation from 30 years ago? I mean, don't you think that's going to be kind of a letdown? No, 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 no. We're not redoing anything. This will be completely different. For one thing, the original vacation had a boy and a girl. This one has two boys. And I'm sure that there will be lots of other differences. I've never even heard of the original vacation. Doesn't matter. The new vacation will stand on its own. Okay? So, yeah. Hijinks and Sue. Hijinks and Sue. You know, this this vacation's going to stand on its own. 
I do um, I do like that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, very meta knowing why. And in fact, it's kind of funny. One of the reasons I like using that clip is because we get to point out that uh, only at the point that they feel the need to tie it into the original vacation, they feel the need to actually have Clark Griswold and Ellen Griswold, so Beverly D'Angelo and Chevy Chase mm. cameo, that all of a sudden the momentum of the film dies. Yeah. And it just feels like this awkward, lumped-in sort of... It's quite close to the end of it. It's yeah, about 15 it's minutes from the end. really late on as well. Yeah. And it is this this sort of just by, you know, requ- it feels like a requisite cameo. Like you had to have it. Like, no, you really didn't. The film was working well enough. Mm. And it is funny. I say, you, you can piece this one together from the trailer, arguably. You, you <laughs> yeah. really can. And most of the real great sort of uh, set pieces are in there. But there are some very funny sort of asides that make up the rest of the runtime. I mean, there's a couple of cameos in there that you genuinely wouldn't see coming. Yeah. And they're really good. And they are yeah. really good. A certain Without without naming names, a certain truck driver had us in hysterics. And yeah, that was a really nice twist. I a lot, that. a lot of people will have his pop figure, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really will. You you know how many people have that pop figure? Yeah, and uh, and of course Charlie Day, who's in the trailer, his uh, his extended cameo. You said that this is your highlight. This is film. my highlight of the whole movie, and mm-hmm. the best use of the song "Without You" that I have ever heard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just, it's fantastic. I love actually. Charlie Day anyway, yeah. and he's one. That, of two... that is a lot darker than I thought it was going to be. It is. But it's... Yeah, there's yeah. one of the, he's one of two. It's always Sunny in Philadelphia cameos in yeah. this movie because the other one is in your one, high point. Great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. but you say it is a film of um, effectively dark-hearted humor, mm. and it, they really do push the R-rated envelope as far as they can. I think it misses a trick by not downgrading that somewhat and going for the all-around PG-13 family movie of the summer that it could have been. Because I, I, I feel, National Lampoon's feels like National Lampoon's Vacation, the original, feels like the film of your childhood. Yeah. And then you see this film, which is in this country 15 rated and the US R rated. You think there's a whole generation of kids that are being denied that now. You think that's kind of unfair. We'll see when it comes out in home release. Well, yeah. what what rating was the original Vacation? As far as I knew, it was a PG thirteen. Yeah, uh, I can't remember. Been, there's probably a few f bombs. I mean, there, there definitely isn't a Christmas vacation. There definitely which is everyone's favorite. Anyway. Everyone's seen. Uh, my personal favorite is European Vacation. Oh really? But I like European Vacation. I do. I don't I know like why. It, right? yeah. I just like Anthony Michael Hall bemoaning the fact that they've got no, they've not got my mm. MTV. You know, <laughs> I, I like that. But uh, no, it is funny. It does hit the mark. Helms is a great replacement for Chevy Chase. It's it, predictably Absolutely. enough. You knew yeah. that he was going to be. Good. Uh, Christina Applegate's perfectly enjoyable. Yeah, but it, I think she's really game for this. She's really she, game for yeah. it. But it is the kind of thing she can do in her sleep. The kind of thing Jennifer Aniston can do in her sleep. <laughs> it's one. It's it's the archetype role now that it's afforded the mum figure in all of these movies. Mm. Of the two kids, like I said, the guy who plays the kid who plays James fares a lot better than Kevin, whose behaviour is somewhat unexplained by mm. the film. She's a bit psychotic, isn't he? It's worth knowing, though, that unlike the original uh, Vacation movies, this one actually does give the kids something to do. They actually mm. have fully fleshed out character arcs, which is not something they were ever afforded in the original no. series. And it has been made with a requisite level of fanboy love, so there is sort of a couple of casual nods to, for instance, Cousin Eddie, um, certain National Lampoon's events, those mm. things that Grandpa Clark got up to. Yeah. Yes, which is all undone when Grandpa <laughs> Clark appears. And then and... you suddenly realise... Just what Chevy Chase is now. Yeah, and you're like, no, no, not you... good. It's like seeing um, uh, Dan Aykroyd now, isn't it? It's just yeah, it's just an oh, that's sad. I get that with Kathleen Turner. Okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> but... Oh no, <laughs> but no, I, I, I would recommend it. It's, it's very enjoyable. Yeah, so, I, I, I did, I did enjoy. It. I, I laughed constantly through it. 
I, I, that's what I can say. Yeah, um, I really love the car. Just the car in itself has so <laughs> many great gags. Yes, it is strange that, isn't it? Yeah. But so this is uh, written and directed by uh, John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein, who mm. brought us the Horrible Bosses movies and the Incredible Bert Wonderstone. Of course, uh, they yeah. are the writers of the Spider-Man. upcoming Spider-Man movie, and so yeah, it, it stands in good stead. Tonally, I would say it is about the humor of human level of the Horrible Bosses movies, really. Yeah, maybe a little bit more crass. It's it's a bit more crass, I would say, but it's 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 also strangely family friendlier, but still (laughs) not a family friendly movie. (laughs) It's kind of bizarre in that way. Some more film news then to tide us over until uh, until next week. Until next week, yeah, we've got quite a few uh, nuggets of film. We've got some good ones. Well, we've got to talk about the Jungle Cruise. This is this is one. (laughs) It's not an actual Jungle Cruise. This is Dwayne Johnson has signed up. Do you imagine taking a Jungle Cruise with Dwayne Johnson? Uh, yeah, I would. Do you yeah, think money do, is no object. I think he'd do the peck pop of love. I think he would. I yeah. think he would. Yeah, Dwayne Johnson has uh, stepped up to star in the latest Disney theme park adaptation, which is you know the Jungle Cruise yeah. ride. I don't know if it's going to be called the Jungle Cruise. To be honest, it doesn't seem like a title they picked. No, I think we'll we'll definitely like amend it. Something like that. Jungle Cruise Voyage into the Unknown, or something like that. Yeah. But yes, this is going to be based on Disney Disneyland's Jungle Cruise ride, starring Dwayne Johnson. What's not to love? That one's going to work. Yeah, it's probably because he's doing the uh, Moana voice. Has probably got in some Disney love now. I, I think I think that's quite possible. I yeah. mean, uh, although you know, it could just be Disney saying, uh, "Hey, DC." We got your boy. Yeah. <laughs> we got Black Adam. So, um, oh, the other thing, uh, this is there's an animated feature reboot of Scooby Doo coming yeah. from Warner Brothers. This this happens okay. to coincide with a live action reboot of Scooby Doo. I have more faith in the animated one, if I'm honest. Definitely get um, get Lord and Miller involved. Yeah, ex- oh, that would yeah. Be, how amazing would that be? Yeah. Although I will say, I stand by the uh, the, the 2002 Scooby Doo movie as written well, by James cast. Gunn. Yeah, of course. Everyone yeah. always forgets, written by James. Didn't Gunn. he do? He wrote both. I think. Did he write both? I think he wrote both. Oh god, I'm gonna have to rewatch the second one now. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, uh, Sully, which is the Miracle on the Hudson movie. Of we, course. We yeah. said about Aaron Eckhart joining the cast, recently. and now we've got Laura Linney. Laura Linney. Mm. Laura Linney has joined the cast as, predictably enough, Tom Hanks' wife. Yeah. Because is, is this just because Catherine Kinnear was busy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's kind of what it is now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see what else we've got. Oh, Pamela Anderson does not think a Baywatch movie would be a very good idea, regardless of whether or not it stars Dwayne Johnson and Zac Efron. Yeah, and everybody thinks that her being in a film isn't a good idea. So great, touche, Pammy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what else we got? Uh, oh, this, this is my favorite news of the week. Someone took the time this week, twenty years after the release of Waterworld, to talk to Kevin Costner <laughs> about, about Waterworld. It. Yeah. Someone talked to Kevin Costner and asked him about Waterworld. And you know what? He's proud of Waterworld. He defended it to the death. He did. He said, you know what? I stood by that movie and I spoke up for it more than I do for most of my other movies. I bet you lost a lot of cash for that. But, I mean, it, well, it did Credibility more than anything else. Well, but, yeah. <laughs> but you know what? Kevin Costner stands by Waterworld. And if that's not a good enough reason for you to go back to the drama and re-watch Waterworld yourself 20 years mm. after it became... See if it holds up. Yeah. I mean, it's worth. It's more interesting now because we don't have Dennis Hopper anymore. This is, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's one of our last Dennis well, Hopper. He makes a great bad guy, doesn't he? He really does. It's just a shame that that bad guy didn't make for a good film, so. like Super Mario. Yeah. <laughs> Although speaking of really bad films, <laughs> we, yes. we, we we should get on to our final review. The last one. We've been, we've been saving the 
best for last. No, we, no. we've been saving the b- b- blurst for last. Blurst for last. <laughs> blurst you, for last. you stupid monkeys. <laughs> blurst for times. <laughs> thousand monkeys are a thousand times. Yeah. Enough Simpsons referencing, we can lose well, ourselves doing on. this. Strange magic. Strange magic. Uh, animated effort from Lucasfilm. H- how weird is it now to queue up a film and see the Lucasfilm logo on it? That is the weirdest thing. Cause yeah. I, I was watching well, this. This time it's got like a pixie fly over it or something. Yeah, but you're thinking, okay, George Lucas has finally gone all out. He's finally actually gotten the, the, the CG animated Gribblies on the logo. Okay, mm. fair enough, George. What we have here is something akin to Fern Gully or Epic. More Epic, admittedly, than Fern Gully. It is the land of the fairies, which seems to share a border with the land of darkness. And the fairies make grow flowers, which can be used to make love potions, which I think are... What fuels their society? You're, you're struggling. And this. there is this one fairy called Marianne who gets cheated on. And this is a kids' movie, literally. Yeah. It contains notable infidelity, which I find really odd because that never happens in kids' films. Gets cheated on by her warrior boyfriend who only wants to marry her. She's a princess, by the way. Okay. Only wants to marry her so that he can, for the sake of his ego, have control of an army. And then when she catches him cheating, she runs off and goes a little bit emo and sings some Kelly Clarkson songs. And yeah, and then he decides he's going to use a love potion to have his evil way anyway and get his army. And there's a bad guy who lives in the dark kingdom. Here's a, here's a clip. Oh, 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 here I am. Rolling on my knees again. Dad! Why do so romantic just to make it right. I'm so on to that hair thing. Say you understand. Never. Oh, I know you can. Oh, no, I can't. Come on, Marianne. Come on, Marianne. I don't want to do this, case. Right. I'll, I'll, so you just subjected I don't want to. to I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> I don't. It's... Well, just on, on this planet or on the show? I don't want to live on this planet anymore. Don't live on the same planet as George Lucas's brain anymore. Why, George? Just (laughs) why do you? So I haven't seen it, but I have seen the trailer. um, The trailer contained the line, "Booty, prepare to be shaken." That sums it up, doesn't it? Yeah, that's pretty much the tone. It's so. It's it's epic meets Glee, epic Glee. Epically. Epically. Epically with two E's. Epically with two E's. Yeah, (laughs) epically rubbish. That's the best way to describe it. It is... It's got... First of all, the animation is terrible. It's... um, It makes epic look... It makes epic look like a Pixar movie. That's one way to describe it. Story-wise, it makes epic look like a Pixar movie. It makes every Pixar movie ever look like the holy grail of cinema. Mm. Uh, This is bad. It is so patronisingly put together. Uh, The the Glee-like manner in which it uses its music is particularly nauseating because you Mm. you, you certainly think there is a time and place for all that, and that is on the Fox network. Yeah, (laughs) that is in Glee. (laughs) And to which you just think, yeah, Lucas, all those years working with Fox quite clearly have led you to a certain way of thinking. And But it's right, you do watch this film and you do gen- wholeheartedly believe that the man who created Jar Jar Binks was involved in this production because there is no other explanation for something like this. Mm-hmm. After Red Tails, which was almost enough to make you think, hey, there's still, there's still, there's something there. There's still a heart and soul beating in that plaid-adorned chest. But I, I think it was a cast that kind of... 
helps with yeah. stuff on there. It's it's so poor. And this, I mean, like this. It's got a good voice cast. It's got the likes of Evan Rachel Wood, for instance, isn't it? Although you know, between Fantastic Four and this, it's fair to say that it's not a great summer in Jamie Bell's house this year. No. And yeah, sorry, Jamie. We like you, mate. We just we wish you and the missus <laughs> would make better films. Get better agents. Get, get better agents. Make yeah. better films. And apparently, I'm being told that they split. Uh, in which case, really? really sorry, Jamie. Is it, is it because of these? these films? I, I think it might be because they both starred in awful films. Yeah. But or maybe oh, maybe happen? he was made to watch a rough cut of Strange Magic. Yeah. <laughs> and she was like, "See you later, Ben. See you later, Ben Grimm. <laughs> See you later, Ben Grimm. <laughs> you are my thing. No more." <laughs> But no, this is is truly, truly awful. Um, If you put this on for a five-year-old child, that five-year-old child would be bored. Um, Mm. They might hum along to some of the songs, though. Would you put Star Wars on for them? Yeah, you would genuinely put a put put or Fern Gully, or yeah, or better yet, put Fern Gully on, which had Robin Williams in it and Christian Slater and Tim Curry, and enjoy a much much better movie about fairies. And and you know what? It had a positive statement to make about the environment. What more do you need? Strange magic doesn't. Strange magic does not. The only thing strange about strange magic is that it can, it exists in a day and age <laughs> in which George Lucas is still allowed to put out a film after having desecrated his own creation three times. So you weren't a fan? No, I wasn't a fan. No, no. Uh, film of the week. I'm thinking I'm going to give it to Strange Magic. <laughs> I'm not going to give it to Strange Magic. No, I think we can we can skip Strange Magic for film of the week. I'm inclined to give it to Vacation, if I'm honest. Because yeah, I'll give it to Vacation. Of everything, it's the only thing I think I'd watch again in a hurry. I mean, I would watch Bad, Bad Education again, but that's kind of when you've got a few drinks mm. in you kind of thing at home. Like I'd watch Vacation if we just like, got some friends around. You just want something that's just yeah, like Netflix. Just that's it. it. You, you wouldn't, Vacation's perfectly harmless. It, yeah. It's got a few nice little cameos. But, uh, yeah. So next week we've got uh, we've got some interesting ones to come. We have, yeah. We've got straight out of Compton next week. <laughs> oh yes, which you've seen already. I have seen, okay. and uh, I'm not sure if I'm embargoed. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say anything about it. I'm, I, I, I think I signed an embargo. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. They kept plying us with drinks. I, I don't know. You don't know. <laughs> I don't know. They gave us. I just kept rapping. Express yourself. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I've never been. I will say this. I've never been in a screening with more bobbing white heads nice. in my life. Like a, like a Kanye West concert. <laughs> white people bobbing heads. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was kind of fun. It was yeah. like a Kanye West concert. It was exactly <laughs> what it was like. So uh, no, we've got that to come next week. Then um, we, she really does start Ice Cube's son as Ice Cube, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, what's his name? Uh, O'Shea Jackson O'Shea Jackson Jr. Jr. Yeah, because yeah. he's O'Shea Jackson. <laughs> we've also got the latest attempt to make a movie out of Hitman because the last <laughs> one worked out so well. Although I don't remember it anymore. I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch it. I don't so, think you need to. I love Timothy Oliphant. Oliphantastic. Oliphantastic. <laughs> but yes, Hit- like we say it every week. We do. <laughs> Hitman Agent 47, that's mm. next week, with Zach Kinto as a villain. So, yeah, Rupert Friend as the as, titular... As the titular uh, Did you say titular or titular? I don't know. Titular, I say titular, titular, because titular just sounds Yeah, nibbly. sounds a bit. Yeah. Um, we've also got <laughs> We Are Your Friends, starring Zach Efron and Emily Ratajkowski, I want to say. Is that how you say it? I think that's how you say it, yeah. Okay. The, the girl from uh, Blurred Lines. We, um, have, we have my favourite title for any movie this year as well. We have Barely Lethal coming, <laughs> yeah. starring Samuel L. Jackson, Jessica Alba, and Haley Steinfeld. And this is like this is like Nikita goes to high school. Oh my school. god! I saw a trailer for this months ago. It has been coming for a long, long time. This one <laughs> it was coming out next week. Oh, he's under the radar. So we've got all of those to come and more on next week's show. So this has been a Candy Store production for On Screen. I've been Van Connor. I've been Case Allen, and we'll be back next week. 
Just show me the way to get out of here and I'll be on my way. You've been listening to Offscreen. For more news and reviews, visit onscreenfilm.com.